Okay, awesome. Hello, everybody. Hello, fantastic people in the community here for Scale Up Your Business and Scale Up with Nick Bradley, which is me, of course. I am delighted to have with me a good friend today. Well, he's actually from this part of the world, but he lives in another part of the world, and that is the awesome Steve Sims. Welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. It's bright. It's uh, I was going to say it's bright and early here, but believe it or not, it's actually raining. First time this year in Los Angeles, it's raining. So it's, it's making me feel as though I'm closer to you. Mate, don't say it doesn't rain in, in that part of the world. That, that's no, the whole thing it. that it's got going for it. You've got crap traffic, but amazing weather. Yeah, and, and the occasional earthquake that you know puts Vegas into a coastline. But uh, apart from that, we're good. Uh, mate, it's good to good to see you again. It's been a little while. So we, we kind of went on each other's uh, podcasts. Yep. Because I'm going to say it's probably about 18 months to two years ago now. The, the world's been in the vortex Damn. of COVID. <laughs> see, it's probably, it probably is about that long, isn't it? I think it is. You know, as soon as you said I was like, yeah, you're right. Yeah, exactly. No, but we, I mean, we had a great conversation. So you're the guy who kind of does crazy, amazing things, right? So so just for those who haven't met you before, everyone knows me, so I'll just shut up. Uh, a quick introduction to who Steve Sims is, please. Uh, wow. Uh, for 20 plus years, I, I was the founder of the world's leading experiential concierge firm that uh, looked after um, billionaires uh, around the planet. Um at my peak, I own. Uh, we had 93 clients, but two-thirds of them were billionaires, so that's pretty good. I'm well known for uh, being asked to do things like get people married in the Vatican by the Pope. Um, I had a client that wanted to go to Florence and have a decent uh, dining experience, so I closed down the Academia de Galleria, set up a table of six at nine o'clock at night in the museum at the feet of Michelangelo's David. And then while he's eating his pasta, I brought in Andrea Bocelli to serenade him. I've sent people down to the Titanic, done drums, drum lessons with Guns N' Roses, walked the white carpet with Elton John, uh, New York Fashion Week, Ferrari, Monaco. Basically, Forbes called me the real-life Wizard of Oz. And then four years ago, wrote the book, um, How a Bricklayer from East London Could Be Doing This, and it kind of took off. Um, and I, now I can I see why, around. though, mate. I can see why, though, because that's not what a bricklayer from, you know, in the dark parts of the UK or whatever would do. I don't know. I, I, do you know, look, you never argue with someone else when it's their show, but I'm going to argue with you there. I think <laughs> even though my, even though I was a bricklayer that do, I don't think my story is any different to anyone else. All entrepreneurs, we start off aggravated about something. It can be our financial situation. It can be our location. And then we do something to solve it. And then we find other people that have got that problem and sell them the solution. So for me, Growing up as a bricklayer, looking around going, I've got no money. I've got no future. I'm getting wet all day. I don't like this. I was aggravated enough to make change. And it was just spooky that I ended up doing the concierge. But here's, here's something that a lot of people don't know. You know that I'm not warm and fuzzy and I'm not the kind of guy that, you know, just wants to go, hey, what did you watch on TV? I don't care about that stuff. I love having a one-on-one -on -one conversation over a good old-fashioned at the end of the bar, not to be disturbed. That's me. So I did these social wild things, not because I liked that limelight, but because I wanted to interview wealthy, powerful, successful people to find out how come they were wealthy and powerful and successful. And it was at a time frame where podcasts didn't exist. I, I've often asked myself, if podcasts existed back then, would I have bothered with the concierge firm or would I have just interviewed them? Because podcasts are a great way to hear other people's unicorns. Yeah. What, 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 would you, what would you have done? Have you thought that through? I mean, I suppose you still would have wanted to scratch the itch, so to speak, and get close to these people. 
Yeah, I would have. But if you think about it, you know, this all happened for me in the late 80s and early 90s. So I didn't have Instagram to point out how inadequate my life was. You know, I was just like trudging along because, <laughs> hey, that's what you're supposed to do. The good thing about podcasts, it's very easy to hear somebody else's story, that tone, that idea. Um, I, I, I honestly don't know. Uh, I don't know how I would have started the podcast, but here's the beautiful thing. I'd have probably started listening to other people's and then, you know, maybe try to knock it up myself. Who knows? But, Who knows? It's one know, of those questions, it, isn't it? Is it's, what like, it is. it's like a modern-day Napoleon Hill, mate. Like, you, you <laughs> wanted to go out there and find these successful people, get close to them, and sort of, you know, sort of some amorphous, <laughs> you know, and, it then changed it. you. And that was it. I would literally, I, you know, I, I'd have a client that I'd organise like a drum lesson with Guns N' Roses, and it would be an excuse for the following day to go, hey, Jack, did you enjoy yourself? And he'd be like, yeah. And I'd be like, hey, Jack, I wanted to ask you a question. Hey, how do you look at opportunities? How come you're successful? How do you vet projects? How do you employ people? And I would interview them. And I knew that if I could look after them over here and grab their attention by doing something they wanted, which quite simply was just give them a cool cocktail story, I got the chance and benefit to interview them for half hour to an hour. And, and some of them would be like, Steve, this is like an interview. And I'll be like, nah, no, nah, I'm, just, I'm just riffing. But of course it was. I yeah. wanted to know. And I suppose the other thing also, like if life's about moments and experiences, right, you're creating these, these experiences that people would only ever dream about, right? You know, making them become real. And then you're part of that, you know, so that, that's the cool thing. So we, so we had a good conversation. So if anyone hasn't listened back to the podcast where Steve came on, I don't even know what number it is. I've done hundreds of these bloody things now. Yeah, but look at the Steve Sims one. <laughs> yeah, just look it up. Google it. Steve Sims. Anyway, today, so this is this is a bit of a chat, right? A bit of a new format. So I wanted to bring Steve on. Um, Steve is going to be coming to the UK next month. I'm going to talk about that a little bit later. Uh, but we're going to have a bit of a backwards and forwards fireside chat on really about how you connect with the people that you want to work with versus the ones that you get. Because what people don't know, and I would love yep. to hear this, my first question for you is you've built a pretty interesting media business or set of businesses since we last spoke. Now, I don't know if you had them there beforehand, but I've certainly noticed that you've done more with that over the last 18 months. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah. Um, and I don't, I don't have the figure with me because I've turned off all computers and everything with me. But do you know there was a greater percentage of millionaires born during COVID than there was the three years prior? And that I'm not is, surprised by that. You know, I'm not surprised. I'm not because surprised by it. But when COVID happened... You had the opportunity to go, hang on, was this done to me or was this done for me? Yeah, and yeah. I remember at the time I had the concierge business still going, okay? It, I, I wanted to shut it down, um, and it was actually up for sale at the time, but it was going too well, and you, you kind of end up doing things because you're in that rut. I had the book. I had my speakeasy events. I had my speaking gigs. I had small media where people were asking me to help market and brand them. And so I had a marketing agency, as I say, just front end, how you look, yep. how you sounded, how you projected yourself, how you got yourself to stand out against your, 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 your industry. And then here was the daft thing. My son, who was raised as an engineer, Henry, he hated all the front end stuff, but he was all about the algorithms and, and the pixelation and the new cookies and the new tracking mechanisms. And he was all about that side of the world. So I'd get a client going, great, Steve, I've got a great website now. How do I get it out there? I would go, Henry, you do it. And then what ended up happening one day over breakfast was my wife actually turned around. And she said, you're both working for me the side of the fence. And I'll always remember, she said, I don't understand why you don't just join up. 
The voice of reason. Yeah, it was one of those simple <laughs> things that was so simple we couldn't see it. So Henry went off for, for a bike ride. I, I sat in the garden and was like, mm, working with my son. Because you always think working with your family, that's going to be terrible. But I've raced motorcycles with him. You know, we, we got drunk all over the planet together. So, you know, we've become really good friends as well. Yeah. And we thought, hey, we'll give it a shot and make sure there's some lines in the sand. So we started Sims.media and it literally took off. It was one of those things where if you don't, if you don't put it out there, you're going to get a no. If you don't ask the question, you're going to get a no. If you put it out there, maybe, and we did. We put it out there and we said, look, you know, we're in a world of mass confusion. We're in a mass, a world of mass distortion and distraction. But how are you distorting and distracting your brand? How are you marketing to the clients you want? Not, as you said eloquently, not the clients you're getting, you know? Because here's the dumb thing. Selling a $1 million house is funnily enough the same effort to take to sell a $10 million house. But people get scared. So we started working mm, on it and it, it just it just took off. We ended up we ended up with about 30 clients over like a two-month period. So we had to shut the door and go, hey, no more clients. And that's what we do. We we basically get in to you, discover your unicorn, and then quite simply understand are you confusing people or are they able to see it? Because you'll be amazed how many people actually make a point, take effort to confuse our client bank. And no confused prospect will ever give you a checkbook. Simple let's play. Let's play. Let's play with this. <clears throat> this is a good part for me to kind of drill in. Why does that happen? So why is it that we, and I say we, the 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 royal we, <laughs> right? Why is it that we do that? Why do we sabotage something? Maybe make something more complex than it needs to be. You know, a brand is a um, a promise of consistency, right? Why do we make it inconsistent? Easy. Fear and uh, lack of confidence. Okay, really, just that, just just like I'm just gonna. I don't we're believe a, I can sell a ten million dollar house, so I'm gonna sell the hundred k house. We're in a gotcha society where we have programs actually dedicated at laughing at people that walk into walls. Okay, we're in a society where people are ridiculing you for what you wore at a party ten years ago because there's a little video of it. Okay, so people don't like to be shown up, so they take they're very careful. They put a picture up online. And rather than just putting a picture of themselves up online, we're having a bad hair day, which everyone, apart from me, in the planet has. You have a bad beard day, Steve. I have a, I'm having a bad beard day today, actually. You're good. And it looks all right to me. It's, you know, it's maybe a all little right. bit off-center, but we're good. We'll come back to that. Oh, sexy. Um, <laughs> but they, they, they won't put that up there and reveal who they are. So what do they do? They manicure themselves and they try to make themselves perfect. And, you know, perfection doesn't exist. And so... They get frightened. So when people are frightened, what do they do? They avoid doing it. So what they do is they go out and they go, I can't do that. I'll get a copywriter that'll write this elaborate text with words in it that I couldn't even say, let alone spell. And then I'll get some Photoshop pictures that'll make me look younger. Here's a classic one. Here's an absolute classic little example this well. The real estate industry. How many realtors do you see posting pictures up on their advertising and you don't know whether or not they're trying to sell real estate or they're going into soft porn. You know, well, they it's, it's, to... it's worse over where you are because don't don't people it, go and buy billboards? It's terrible. <laughs> it's terrible over here. But I had a I had a real estate agent that uh, sold me my house here in up in the hills in Los Angeles, and when I saw her picture on one of the flyers, you know, she looked like an attractive blonde girl. They they overly try to look too attractive. Can't see the point in that. But when she turned up, she was like ninety years old. 
she was still using the picture that she had shot like 30 years ago. Oh, man. Now, I was there to buy a house, <laughs> but the first reaction I got was that she had forwarded me. She had lied, you know, because the person that mm. I was expecting was not the person that turned up. Therefore, I felt I felt as though it cheapened the relationship. That's not how you should start a relationship. I didn't care what she looked like. I cared about the house, but she had taken the effort of actually putting an obstacle between me and her as a relationship. So the trust, the trust there is kind of compromised, isn't it? Because you're thinking if she's if that's if she's not telling the truth at this part of the relationship, then yes. what's she not telling me about the house? You see, what we don't have today, or what we didn't have a lot of during COVID, was clarity. We had yeah. everything going on from politics. You know, oh, the world's lying to us. COVID doesn't exist. It's a rouge. You know, it's a government thing to clamp us down in our house. You had the politics. You had Asian hate. You had Me Too. You had Black Lives Matter. There was a lot of shouting going on, a lot of distortion, and we wanted clarity. We wanted to understand things. And we didn't have a lot of understanding during COVID. Today, mm, your like golden that. nugget for your website and for your brand is clarity and simplicity. Don't overcomplicate. No, I love that. And I agree because I think, you know, a lot of people, you know, I, I, I did this anyway before this. I was trained well, you know, not to kind of get sucked into media. Right? I spent a lot of time in my previous career working for some of the biggest media companies in the world. So I kind of know how it's played. Yeah. But a lot of people like their emotional states mindset everything was kind of distracted by all of this information and then you're kind of guessing things whatever the, you know i said beforehand i'm not surprised by there were more millionaires born right because mm. there were a lot of problems to be solved yeah but you've also got to put that in the contrast there was a lot of as you said distraction and distortion going on so that that makes it hard to focus to then get clarity you know what i mean it 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 does to a point when some all of those millionaires didn't bother with somebody else's problem they, pro they focused on the problem in front of them. So they had that clarity. The problem is, it's, it's the classic, you can't see the wood for the trees. People yeah. were so kind of like, what do I do? I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do. That they paralyzed themselves. They sat down and the only thing they fell back on was, what am I going to binge watch on Netflix? Yet the other people out there, and this is classic Sean Stevenson, you know, is it happened to you or is it happened for you? There's a lot of people like me, like you, we took that time off to go, okay, I don't know when it's going to be. I don't know how long it's going to be. But while I've got these moments, which bear in mind, no billionaire can replicate. You cannot replicate time. So during this time, it was a case of how was my brand? How was my market? How was my relationships? You see, here's a funny thing, and I don't want to get off on a, on a, a rant here on my soapbox, but I align COVID very similar to alcohol. Okay, and oh, I want to hear this. this yeah, is good. I've, I've metaphored that a lot <laughs> of the times. So, and I'll, I'll, I'll ask you the question. If you're in a happy mood and you have a couple of drinks, what does it do to your mood? Uh, it usually makes me happier. If you're depressed and you have a couple of drinks, what does it do to your mood? It, 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 takes, it takes it further down. Alcohol is an amplification of the mood that you are currently in. Okay, you can't nice. drink yourself happier if you're already depressed. COVID was that exact same metaphor. It amplified your strengths, but it also amplified your weaknesses. If you had a weak business online model, then it was bust. How many updates did they do on Zoom 
because they suddenly realized so many people. Now, they had a good product and everyone wanted Zoom, but now everyone was using it. They were finding that there was chinks in the armor and they were repairing it. So people that have lived at home with people and suddenly realized, I don't have a good relationship with you. The amount of divorces oh, yeah. that are actually coming out of it. So I think COVID was an amplification of where you were. If you had a positive mindset looking for the opportunity, then COVID amplified it because there was plenty out of opportunities uh, during COVID. But if you were Negi Nora, then it amplified it and you went, oh my God, no, I'm just going to have to sit there for the next payout check. You know? So I think COVID well, it's a nice, was it's a nice way of putting it. I like it. I can see the, I can see the, um, the analogy to that now for sure. Yeah. And you're right. Yeah. Cause, but it comes back to, you know, you're right. Sort of emotional state mindset, you know, where you were to some extent, you know, how you dealt with that change, right. You know, this idea of being attached versus, you know, detached. Yeah. Right. But let, let's get into, I want to kind of get into the topic because we could rant around for ages on this stuff, <laughs> but let's get, let's get into this. Cause you, you've, you've been thinking about this a lot over the last few years, but, and you know, you talked about at the very beginning of our conversation about how you managed to get X amount of billionaires as your client list. Yeah. But when you're working with someone these days and they come to you and say something like, do you know what? I'm not making enough money. I'm not, I'm, you know, I, I want to be able to serve this person, but I can't, you know, I can't get them. I can't get them. I'm using that word specifically. Yeah. What do you say? Well, they're all looking at it from the kind of I standpoint. You know, I can't, I won't, I don't, you know, it's impossible for me. They're all, they're all working from the standpoint of that. They've got to get into the shoes of the other person. Uh, I'm going to go with, again, another annoying little metaphor, which will get your head straight. Two o'clock in the morning and you wake up and you've got a blistering headache. You go to your bathroom, you open up the cabinet and you pull out your headache, headache tablets. Yeah. When was the last time you looked at that bottle and went, nope, don't like that logo. I'm going to try and find another pack. It's never happened. Okay. No, you see, no, no you certainly not at that point when the last thing, the only thing I care about at that point is getting rid of the headache. Bingo. You're focused on the solution. And when you're focused on the solution, how pretty the branding, the website, the logo, the color scheme is, that's all irrelevant. So when you're talking about, oh, I can't get that client, I can't grab that, I can't meet those, they won't come to me, blah, blah, blah. Get into the feet, get into the shoes of the person you want to deal with and go, what are they looking for? Are they looking for clarity? Are they looking for convenience? Are they looking for someone to show up and do it for them? Are they looking for someone to introduce them to stuff? See, when I turned up, you know, and everyone knows this and you know this, I don't have a car, I collect motorcycles, and every person I've ever turned up with I'm turning up on a motorcycle with a crash helmet in my hand, but I'm there to give you an interesting cocktail story, or I'm there to train your team, or I'm there to speak to your community to make them treble their workload. I'm the solution. You completely look past how big and ugly I am because I've now turned up with the solution you, and here's the keyword, need. So when you need those clients, first of all, you've got to find out what do they need and come at it from answering the questions that they have. Okay, I like this. I like, again, the simplicity of this, because, again, a lot of people throw stuff at it. You're right. It's not just about how pretty the website looks, how good your photo shoot was in New York City last week. It's, you know, can I clearly communicate yep. that, A, I understand what the problem is, and can I clearly communicate that I can solve that problem? 
Do you know, isn't it hard that the, uh, the, the key word in there is communication? You see, you could go onto YouTube now and probably find a way to build a bridge or do open heart surgery, but there's no, there's no app you can download to teach you how to communicate better. It's practice. And during COVID, and this is what's pissed me off, people are saying, oh, COVID, it's destroyed my relationships and I can't communicate. Piss off. You stopped communicating the second MySpace was invented. You know, back in the 80s and 90s. I, if remember, you had a, I remember MySpace. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> if, you had, if you had a baby, you'd phone up your mates, you'd all get together, you'd have a cigar and a whiskey and you'd congratulate over this funny looking thing in the cot. Now what do you do? You have a baby, you stick it up on Facebook, and you're pissed off if you don't get a 1,000 likes. We've outsourced our ability to communicate, and we've outsourced it badly. Communication is the key. It doesn't matter how good your product is. It doesn't matter how good your solution is. If you can't communicate it, as you so accurately said, if you can't communicate it, you're dead regardless. Yeah. Okay. And this is where people get distracted in that whole thing. So how do you, so if you're working with someone again, I like to get practical for people listening, you know, giving up their, their very cold wintry afternoon here in the UK. No, no, it's chilly here. I've got my hoodie oh, on. Yeah. We've got a storm here at the moment, but um, so how, let's break this down a bit. So someone comes to you and they're like all over the place. Oh, I can't get the clients I want. You know, I've tried really hard. You know, I've got this great track record. So they themselves can solve the problem. So let's be clear. They can solve the problem. They may not believe they can solve the problem. Okay. But they can solve the problem. But they're getting all confused. What's the, the first one or two things that you do? All right. So the first thing we do is we identify the problem that they are solving. Okay. Mm -hmm. So who, who, who has the problem that they are the solution to? And are they doing a direct uh, communication from their solution to the person who's got the problem? Okay. Okay. Nine times out of 10, they try to pretty up the website. If you've got testimonials, testimonials are always great. If you've got social feeds, stop showing pictures of, you know, the cat playing a piano, start focusing on the solution that you actually provide. But the whole focus is on the solution, not on them. And then we tear the stuff that's not necessary back. All right. Do we need this? Do we need that? Do we need those pictures? Do we need those statements? We want to make it crystal clear. And the classic, we want to make it impossible to misunderstand what you do and how it helps me. That's the key. You want everyone that looks at you going, I need that. I have that problem. They can be my solution. Make it happen by exchanging a credit card. So we, okay, we tear all the pretty stuff away and get down to the actual focus of what it is you do. And how how, how scared do people get with that? Because that's like getting Terrified. naked. Yeah, yeah, no, you're, you're, you're so right. They get really frightened. That, that pretty picture that they had the photo shoot done for, and they're proud of that picture because it looks nothing like them, you know, and you're suddenly tearing it down. You're like, hang on a minute, put yourself up there. Or don't put yourself up there, but don't put stuff up there that has nothing to do with you, no correlation that you would never say, that you would never speak, that you would never explain. Tear all of that away. I do this for people to suffer from this. If you have this problem, here's my email. Like you know, just and, and you do it from your voice. I mean, you, you, the undertone here is you you do it from your voice too. It's your tone, it, right? Isn't it's it like, amazing how many people don't do that? I know. Well, they, you said it beforehand. They outsource it, right? They they try and get clever, and then you they know, do. big words, intellectualize, you know, all this sort of stuff, as opposed to like I help you do this, right? And you either want it or you don't. <laughs> Here's the funny thing. We all learn we all learn these things from usually cocking it up ourselves. I remember when Bluefish was really getting a lot of traction. And one of the things I hated doing was the newsletters because I can't spell for shit. Um, and so I actually outsourced it. 
And the company that did my newsletters would put beautiful pictures in, beautiful verbiage. It painted an amazing dream of this experience you could go on. And I got no clients. And I don't, I couldn't understand why, because these were brilliant newsletters. And then one day I said, look, guys, you know, we've been trying this. We tried it for like about four or five months. So I gave it some time and I went like, I don't know why. I think you're brilliant, but I've got to stop. I don't know where, where we're, we're disconnecting, but turn off. And I went back to my, you want to be here, be here at six o'clock, call me. And like really shitty emails. First email I sent out, a guy actually came back to me and he went, glad to see you back, Steve. Oh, wow. And that was so powerful to me because even though I had all of these inadequacies in the copies, I showed up as me and I wasn't fronting it. I wasn't trying to be someone I wasn't. This was it. If you want to do this with the Oscars, if you want to do this with the Monaco Grand Prix, if you want to do this with Elton John, here you go. And so all of a sudden it was clearer again. And so we got rid of them and just went back to it. So you haven't got to worry about all of that fancy stuff because Everybody in the planet misspells stuff, mispronounces stuff, makes mistakes. That's reality. People today within that branding, and Henry, a, a comment on this as well, within the branding, they try to be too perfect. And I've always said perfection is a blue unicorn with three testicles. It doesn't exist. <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, this is cool. I've got one last question before we kind of talk about your trip over here. Um, what about when you have built, you know, built your house of cards, let's call it that, right? And you've got all these clients that you don't want because you were too scared to go after the ones that you should go yeah. after. What, what about them? What do you, what, what happens then? Bye bye. You have to. You see, the trouble is uh, there's a lot of people that know what ROI is. Okay. Mm -hmm. Return on investment. I work on ROE, return on effort and energy. Okay. Yeah, nice. How much energy is it taking you to work with shitty clients? If I said to you, Hey, today, I want you to phone up all the people you hate. You'd make two phone calls. If that, if I said to you, Hey, phone up all those people you love, you'd only be able to make five phone calls because you'd be on the phone with them for about an hour each time, but you would end the day excited and happy and prepared for the following day, looking forward to the following day. So you don't realize the cancer that it actually feeds into you when you're dealing with people that don't align with your culture, your beliefs, your style. So when you get rid of those people, you make way for good people. We had, yeah, um, I love that. We had on paragraph two of our contract, we had a dick policy that at any time during our relationship, you sounded or acted like a dick. We would end your relationship. We would end our relationship and keep your membership fees. We literally had a dick policy. I like that. I, I, I had the no dickhead policy before. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's absolutely brilliant. But you know the funny thing is? People found it so refreshing, we got more clients. And we got more clients that we like and appreciate. So focus on the people that you can connect with at zero effort, and you'll find you actually get more of those. Yeah, and the brave thing you've got to do there is you've got to be able to be prepared to sort of trust that you are going to get, attract you know, the ones that you really want to, but you've got to get rid of it. Otherwise it's like a vacuum, right? Oh it. yeah. What you don't want to be doing is trying to kind of like treading in both, uh, both sand pits. If you've got those bad clients, you've got to realize that they're going out. Okay. Yeah. Now you may get rid of them slowly while you bring the other ones in, but never keep a client for, for his checkbook because, uh, you know, rich clients are dicks as well. So yep. they don't get better with age. So you've got to get them out. <laughs> Otherwise, you're going to speak to this client. You're going to be pissed off. And then you're going to go over to this client who you love. 
guess what? You're going to give them the bad attitude. No, I get it. I, I've, seen, I've seen this happen with my clients and I've been there yeah. when I used to do my other stuff that your energy level, how you show up, you know, is, is not your best self, right? And therefore you don't serve the people you want to serve. And then, you know, exactly. I hope people are listening to this. This is one of those underlined from Steve Sims moments, right? <laughs> because a lot of people don't do it. But if I could summarize what we've spoken about, you've, you've got to be brave and you've got to trust yourself, right? Yep. And, you know, once you do that, A, you're going to get the confidence, you're going to feel better, but then you're going to start to create the business, the life you want from that. So very cool. Let's talk about London, London 2022. Yeah. And Steve Sims is coming over. So um, let's uh, let's tell the community about that. So, yeah, on the 17th of January, I'm actually coming into central London. Uh, I've got a couple of events that are going on over there at the time. And, of course, we're all watching Omnicrom to see how that kind of pans out or what happens there. So we've all got to be respectful for that. But um, I'm supposed to be over there on the uh, 13th, 15th, and 16th. And I had a couple of people saying, hey, why don't we do a one-day event where you, you teach us about how to get the clients we need, how to market, how to brand. So I thought I would tear it down. I would give a one-day intensive and just throw out everything, full negotiation, full communication. If you've got a question, you've got a problem, let's handle it during that day. So that when you leave, I'm not there to have you clapping like some kind of weird you know, sea lion and get you all kind of like, wow, wow, that's excellent. I want you to be able to leave that room going, shit, I've got these points that I'm going to action now. It's actually going to make an impact on my business. So that's Perfect. the bottom line. One day with me, let's make you more impactful. Awesome. And I can say, I can say, you know, your approach and your style of stuff, right, is is different from the from the rest. You've heard it today for the last 30 minutes. Like it's it's super focused, simple, all the stuff we spoke about. And the word I love the most, it's real. It feels really real, right? You know, when you kind of do stuff. So I would absolutely encourage you to do that. We'll make sure that we put um, something into the show notes of the podcast. If you're listening to the podcast on this or into the community, uh, and then you can go there and um, yeah, so I take it seats are limited, Steve, as well. Yeah, we are very limited. We don't really want to do more than 30 people. And I think in the moment we got like about 12 or 16, something like that. Um, yeah, cool. So we're, we're under half there. And you can go to Steve D. Sims and, and there's a link on there for AOTC, Ahead of the Curve. But you'll put it in the show notes, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if anyone wants to reach out to me or the team, whatever else, we'll make sure that they get Perfect. access to that as well. Steve Sims, a absolute pleasure, sir. Always good to connect with you. I can't believe it's been so long. We're going to have to make sure Too it's long. not as long next time. <laughs> damn right, damn right. I'm looking forward to uh, sharing, sharing some actual FaceTime. We should do this live in the studio next time. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'll be, I've been—I was over in the US in September. I was there in New York two weeks ago with Henry. We had a—that's yeah. an off—that's a—that's not for this this kind of recording. That's an off the off the air conversation. <laughs> uh, and then yeah, I'm doing some speaking over there next year. So I'm sure we'll, we'll, we'll connect. We will at some cross point. paths then. Yes, thank you. All right. Thanks for coming on today, Steve. And thanks for everybody for listening to our fireside chat. As I said, this will be out as a podcast episode in the coming weeks as well. Thank you, everybody. Have a good day. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of Scale Up with Nick Bradley. If you've enjoyed the show just as much as I've enjoyed creating it for you, then I'd really appreciate you leaving a five-star review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And while you're there, why not subscribe to the channel so you never miss a future episode? It really helps me, it helps the show, plus it makes it easier for others to access the content that I'm producing week in and week out. And finally, if you want more information about anything that you heard in today's show, to find out how you can join our community on Facebook, or to find out how you can get Get more help in scaling up your business and your life, click the link in the show notes now.